Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, a Canadian Olympian on sharing the journey. One of the things I love about being able to do these local road races is that, you know, when I'm race walking them, I'm not at the front. I'm not, you know, that one of those elites who you see at the start line and then only ever see if there's an out and back. Um, you know, I kind of put myself in with the masses and I get to chat to people and I get to have, have conversations with people. And, and I love that. And, you know, countless times now when I've done, done marathons or half marathons, um, people will come up to me after and say, oh, you know, you pulled me to a PV because I just didn't want to lose to the guy race walking. A glorious finish for a father and son. I just hug him and be like, he keep on telling me like, Dad, we did it. We, we did it really well. I'm so happy, I'm so glad, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, I want to say something to him, but honestly, I can't. Like, I was just crying. And how running has shaped one woman's life story. There's no equipment. It's really just you being out there and propelling yourself forward with each step that you're taking. So I've found um, that through running, um, when I can just be alone with my thoughts and feel strong because it's my own body propelling me forward, um, it's allowed me um, to connect with myself and heal through uh, different experiences that I've had growing up and continue to, you know, deal with on a regular basis. Life's stressful. On this edition of I Run Radio, our first of the new year, Evan Dunphy, who finished fourth in the 50-kilometer racewalk at the 2016 Olympics. We'll talk to a writer who says running has helped her overcome childhood abuse and an incredible story of an ultra-marathoner who crossed the finish line with his 12-year-old son. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of I Run, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you! It's our first show of 2020. It's great to chat with you. Have you kept all of your New Year's resolutions so far? Are you still you're still going? I mean, so far so good. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> I am feeling. I, I finished December strong, and uh, I've really been getting a lot from my running and enjoying it. And uh, you know, and the weather's been pretty good. So you know, everything is on uh, on a plane. Nice. You texted me saying there's nothing like a long run or uh, God bless the long run or something like that. (laughs) So obviously you were in a good place when we were communicating a few days ago. Well, there's something like having the entire family under one roof for, you know, (laughs) 300 days in a row where you just say like, you know what, I'm sorry, but I need to go running right now and it's going to take you know, a long time, <laughs> but I really did. I found myself, you know, and actually, and I know you and I go back and forth on this, but I actually found like, sometimes I felt like I was getting sick. And when I felt like, I, you know, I was sick, I was tired, I was this, I was that. You know what? I went for a run. I came back. I was none of those things. I was hungry for like the leftovers when I returned. Okay, good. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny because we have a guest on the show today that you introduced me to, Jose Rios, and we'll tell you right. more about his story in a moment. But one of the things that I was chatting with him, uh, and and one of the things that he said that I loved is, I said, why do you like doing these long runs so much? Because he does ultra marathons. In fact, he's training for a 200-mile race next summer. Right. And he said, I like being alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you if you've got a big family and if you've— Spend a lot of time with them over the holidays. Not that you don't look forward to that, but, you know, once in a while, having 45 minutes or an hour where you get to go off and be by yourself, that's okay at this time of year. 
the funny thing about that is, too, because Jose was involved in our photograph of the year, which is this just beautiful photograph of him hugging his son. He just finished a race, and his kid just finished the race, and it was such a beautiful, wonderful moment that they shared. And, Jose, what is it that you like about running? It's like, you know what? I like just being left alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got to hear this story about him and his son, because... He's doing a 55K race at the Calgary Marathon. His son is doing the 5K, and they find each other on the course. Both the races, for some reason, the timing works, that they're able to finish together, right? And, I mean, isn't that amazing in itself? And then they cross the finish line together, and his son kind of inspires him to keep going and to get through the tough part of the race and finish. And then he's hugging his son, and he's got tears in his eyes, and his son is saying... Dad, we did it. We did it. You yeah. are my hero. I mean, yeah. you know, you and yeah. I have kids. This is, I mean, I'm I'm getting emotional just talking about this. Oh, I, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it happens in these transformative moments. I remember two years ago, maybe, I was having a bunch of trouble with my son, and it was like, it just seemed like all of our conversations was me disciplining him. And we did the zoo run here in Toronto, and it was such an, um, an emotional thing. We crossed the line together, and the kid did it. And he felt good about himself, and I felt good about him. And all was right in the world. And you know, to the point where so we finished this thing, and I'm all emotional. And I have tears in my eyes, and I hugged the race director. And he's sort of like, uh, <laughs> "Sorry, man, I was I was off on my own trip." You know. Yeah. Very nice story, though, that we have to share. And we're also going to talk to Evan Dunphy, who is, uh, of course, an Olympic race walker who inspired so many Canadians with his performance in 2016 at the Olympics, getting ready to go back to the Olympics this year. This is an Olympic year, after all. Uh, Great guy who just talks about the power of sport and the power of athletes and the fact that he as a race walker sort of toils in obscurity and he's okay with that. He loves that about his sport. There's nobody in that sport that isn't doing it for the love of sport because there is no glory to being a race walker except when you're at the Olympics. So uh, I love his story as well. He's a really interesting guy. He's a really good writer too. You know, and he's really, you know, he came to my attention because he uses social media really well. And he's very outspoken, and he's a big voice in our community. And he definitely, you know, and he participates. I think he walked uh, the Vancouver Marathon. And, you know, he's a very active member of our community. And I'm really pleased to have him as part of the IRUN staff. Yeah, and it's great, actually. He participates because race walkers... Uh, the the training doesn't take the same toll on them as as the training of elite runners. They participate. They do a lot more training, and they participate in events just to have some company when they're out doing some of these long yeah. walks, right? So yeah. he'll go and do the Vancouver Marathon and walk it because he wants to get in some training around some other people instead of being out there for hours by himself. Uh, but it's worth pointing out, this is a guy who race-walked 50 kilometers, race-walked, not ran, race-walked 50 kilometers in under four hours. So yeah. this is a guy who can really move, even though he's a technically a walker and not a runner. We'll share his story coming athlete, up. Yeah. All right, Ben, all right. I wish you all the best in 2020. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Ben Kaplan, iRun's editor and general manager. Coming up next, Canadian Olympian Evan Dunphy. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, 
presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Many Canadians will remember the performance of Evan Dunphy at the 2016 Olympics in Rio, where he finished fourth in the 50-kilometer racewalk and set a Canadian record. Evan is now training to go back to the Olympics this year. He won a bronze medal at the World Championships last year. Evan, thank you for joining us on iRun Radio. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. And there's so many things to talk about, including what you've written for iRun, but uh, I wanted to start with a little of your background and how you got into race walking. Tell me the story of how you ended up in this sport. Yeah, I mean, race walking's, you know, not um, not the glamour event of track and field for sure. So it's something that people kind of just fall into. Everyone kind of has their own story. And, and for me, it was, um, I was 10 years old. I was kind of the shortest kid in the class, the big red red curly hair, thick, thick rim glasses. I was kind of your quintessential um, nerdy character. And I really loved sport and I wanted to be really good at something and uh, had started running. I wasn't really, wasn't great at ball sports at that time. Um, and then what my elementary school started a popsicle stick run. So at lunch, you run a lap of the field, you had a popsicle stick, you run 10 laps, you had 10 popsicle sticks. So I gave that a try thinking, okay, well, there's no balls involved that can hit me in the face and break my glasses. So I started running and, and, quite enjoyed it and um and and just joined a track club and and was sort of pursuing running a little bit and the next year my brother uh had had an appendicitis and his high school coach said oh okay well here there's this weird thing called race walking maybe it will help uh help you stay fit while your stitches heal because you can't run it's too much jostling on on your stomach try this race walking thing and then when your stitches heal you come back to running and so he he did and I think in his first race, he finished third or something like that. And there's probably only four kids in the race, but I was like, oh, well, if he can do it, it's got to be easy. And he showed me the, showed me the technique and showed me how to do it. And I went to my first race and won the race and beat the time that I had said I wanted to do and was just kind of hooked from there. Wow. So I love stories like this because uh, basically the bottom line is if your brother had not had appendicitis, you might never have discovered this sport and gone to the Olympics, right? I mean, that's the... Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> it's so serendipitous. And, and you know, even you, know, you look at um, his high school PE teacher who, hey, he, didn't, he didn't know anything about race walking. He had just kind of seen it and thought, hey, this might be something that could possibly help. And, and you know, it took it took a whole confluence of random factors and uh it it's funny how how those things work and you know it's i will say um one of the big reasons i got i want to be good at something was i wanted to kind of like silence you know the kids that were picking on me and, and all that stuff and i learned in high school that if you want to stop people from picking on you being a race walker was not the way to go but uh <laughs> it, it taught me you know a lot a lot about um growing a thick skin and, and being able to make fun of myself as well so um, you know, so much of my personality, I think, has been shaped by, you know, by being a race walker as well. And, and um, I think it's kind of cool how you look at how sport um, affects change throughout, you know, the rest of your life as well. Yeah, and tell me more about that, because every sport is different, obviously, and and who knows what makes one sport kind of cool and popular and another one obscure, but race walking is unusual. It's it's different from other sports, and it has certain rules and restrictions around uh, the, the technique of the sport, so it is, it is in a category of its own. So 
uh, I'm sure that makes it a, a special environment to be in with the other athletes and, and also gives you a unique perspective on athletics, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, for, for those that might not be as initiated, um, so race walking, I like to describe race walking essentially as running with rules. Uh, the aerobic components are all the exact same as running. The training is very similar to how a marathoner would train. Um, we just have to do it within the confines of these two rules that separate us from running. So the, the first rule that most people sort of know about is that one foot has to be on the ground at all times. And the other rule is that our leg has to be straight at the knee from the moment of contact until it passes under our body. So basically our lead leg has to be straight. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it is this kind of weird com- combination of technique and aerobic, um, capacity and, it's a timed it's a timed race where you can be disqualified. So it is very unique. And um, the one thing I love about I think the thing I love most about it is that no one, none of the world, none of the, none of the race walkers in the world have gotten into it because they want to win lots of money and be rich and famous. You know, it's everyone sort of has their own unique story about how they sort of fell into into race walking. And um, a lot of times, it's people that just want to pursue their personal potential in something and. Um, you know, it, it creates, it fosters a really nice community and a, and a really tight knit group of, of guys where I, I have friends all over the world. I have weddings that I, I get invited to on all different continents and, <laughs> and couches that I can sleep on, you know, in so many different countries. So it, it's really a special group and, and I'm so happy for those, you know, random coincidences that took place as a, as a kid that brought me into the sport. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I, I think what you're describing at the elite level of your sport is what some ordinary long-distance runners might experience at the amateur level of their sport, which is everybody's there because they love it, and they're pursuing their own personal goals, not for the glory, right? And not for the—I mean, obviously, there is some glory when you're going to the Olympics. I'm not disputing that. But but to put in all those miles year-round, there's got to be some other form of motivation, and you've got to love what you do to spend that much time doing it. Oh, absolutely. And I, I find that, you know, I love— one of the things that I think one of the best things that came out came after the, the Olympics in 2016 was fine, not finally, but um, being sort of going out of my way, having a little bit more clout to enter some of these running road races, you know, Vancouver Marathon and, and, and stuff like that, and, and getting out there and sort of just creeping into the running community, kind of like just sort of like pushing myself into that community and then being accepted with like open arms. Um, I have so much respect for, for the running community and, and so much admiration for what it fosters and and just the people within it. It's such a special group. And, um, you know, I, I think that there is a very, probably a big similarity between sort of your, your local running community and, and the global race walking community, um, for sure. And one of the things I always get from people is, oh, you're, you know, you're such a – people, I mean, I'm, I, they're inspired by – my training, I, I post all my training on Strava, and, and I'm very open with, with what I do, and, and people tell me how much that sort of helps push them when, when they're down, and I say, oh, Christ, like, you're, you have, you know, you have a full-time job and a family, and you're fitting in, you're, you're fitting in your marathon training around that because you love this thing so much, like, that inspires me, and uh, I think the thing I love most about the running community is there is so much reciprocal motivation, um, or symbiotic motivation, you know, people can often don't realize how much they're motivating other people um, and they're pulling motivation from all those around them as well. And I think that's so special and, and 
I think, a little bit unique to the running community because it's, you know, the running community is something where you go and do a road race. It doesn't matter if you're Kipchoge or you're a four-hour marathoner. You run the same course. You run the same in the same race. And I think that's pretty unique and pretty special and fosters this really cool sense of community. Yeah, you say that so well. And and one of the things I love is that apart from the Kipchoge's and the elite runners at the very front of the pack, uh, most of us on the same day can all accomplish our goals and not at the expense of each other, right? So we can all get out there and do what we want to do and support each other and, and achieve our goals. And I love I, one of the things I love about being able to do these local road races is that you know when I'm race walking them I'm not at the front I'm not you know that one of those elites who you see at the start line and then only ever see if there's an out and back um, you know I kind of put myself in with the masses and I get to chat to people and I get to have have conversations with people and and I love that and you know countless times now when I've done done marathons or half marathons. Um, People will come up to me after and say, oh, you know, you pulled me to a PB because I just didn't want to lose to the guy race walking. <laughs> and you know, that's one of the best compliments I think I've ever gotten is that people, you know, were, were motivated to try to beat me. Um, and, it, and it pushed them to do something they'd never done before. Um, yeah, it's, it's so cool to hear stuff like that and just to be able to be out there and have those conversations with people and you know, just ask them hey, what do you love about running and, and, and hear those stories. So uh, I consider myself very, very lucky to, to get to do that sort of stuff and, and be amongst the community a little bit more than your elite runner um, might be. Yeah, and uh, I mean, to put it in perspective, I look at your times and it's amazing. You're you're doing 50 kilometers in under four hours and, and, uh, and most people would be happy to run in that time without the restrictions that you have on, on your technique. So it's amazing what you do. But when you, when you go to an event like the Vancouver Marathon and you participate, is that, is that training for you? Is that, is that your goal at an event like that? Yeah, certainly. So um, use, use this type of training. The nice thing about race walking is that it's lower impact than running. Um, so we are able to put in a little bit more um, uh, high mileage training. So I can do, when I'm in heavy training, I can do two 40 to 45K walks a week. Uh, and so finding local marathons to do, it's always better company to have, you know, surround yourself with a few thousand people than it is to go out and slog through uh, 40 to 45 K on your own. Sure. Um, so I, I, I love any of those options I get. Um, I work with, uh, an ambassador for run van who organized the BMO marathon in Vancouver and uh, a number of other local road races. So, um, get to go and I'll hang out at the expos and, and sort of do whatever I can to help, um, help in the community as well. And then get to do the races, which is always really fun. And I know in what you wrote for iRun, you talked about the power of sport and the power of athletes. Uh, tell me more about your feelings on that. And I know you've spoken to thousands of uh, school kids and shared your story. You alluded to it earlier, the the experience you had and why you wanted to become an athlete. So tell me a little bit about uh, what you've learned about this power. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I was so, last year I was able to go in and talk to 10,000 school kids as part of um, a fundraiser I was doing for kids sport. And it was, it was honestly the, one of the, I think the thing I'm most proud of in my, in my track career, um, getting to organize that, that fundraiser and, and get in there and share my story and, and connect with the kids. And um, a lot of what I talk about was just the power that sport has and, 
and and the magic that sport has. And, and for me, especially, you know, my story is one of being a very, I was a very sore loser. I was, you know, had very poor sportsmanship. I defined success as winning and anything else was failure. And, you know, sport easily could have just kicked me out and been like, nope, you're, you're not the person you're, we're not, you're not the person we're looking for, but sport is this like super safe environment where you can kind of learn and make mistakes and screw up and the stakes aren't very high. And so you keep coming back and you keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better and you keep, you know, just keep going in the right direction. And eventually sport can sort of transform who you are as a person. And, and for me, sport has really defined um, who I am and, and given me all these characteristics and traits that are valuable. And once I, once I eventually enter the real world, um, because I don't, I don't believe elite sport is <laughs> is the real world at all. Um, I believe that I'm living in a fairy tale still. Um, but these traits that I've gotten through sport, and that you know, every single kid that plays sport learns, um, whether it's time management or discipline or hard work, like all these things are you know, super valuable in 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 the adult world. And um, sport kind of fosters those things in this really safe space. So. You know, I do believe that sport has this really amazing power and getting to share that, you know, that sentiment and, and also raise money to make sure that more kids get the chance to get their foot in the door um, was, was a really special thing to do and, and really helped show me what, um, what power athletes can have in terms of uh, sharing their story and connecting with people. That's so well said, uh, and uh, I hope the fairy tale continues for you for as long as possible. In your Twitter bio, it says Olympic non-medalist. I, I hope this is the year you're able to edit that and, and change the wording of that in your Twitter bio. Evan, thank you so much for joining us, and, and thanks for all you do. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. That's Canadian Olympian Evan Dunphy. Coming up next, a father and son cross the finish line together. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon de Neige of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Jose Rios is an ultramarathon runner from Calgary. Last year, he completed the 55-kilometer race at the Calgary Marathon, and he managed to time it so that his son, Elian, was completing the 5K race at the same time. It's a great story. Jose, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, for giving me this chance to tell you a little bit of my story. Thank you. And tell me how you got into running. You have a great story to tell about running with your son, which we'll get to in a moment, but how did you get into running and doing these longer distance races, 50K and longer? Okay, well, this is like around six years ago, five years ago. Um, I, um, I went to, actually my first race was in the Calgary Marathon, and then I started to run like half marathon and then I saw Dave Proctor running on the treadmill that time and doing like, I don't, I don't remember exactly, like more than 200 miles on a treadmill. Then I went home 
and then I start to search about it, and then little by little I start to race like uh, a marathon, 50k. Then I went up to 75, 100k, 150, 100 miles, and next year I'm gonna try my 200 miles. Wow. That's the way I started. Yeah. 200 miles, which is 320 kilometers. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, I'm going to try to do that in Mexico on okay. July. So let's see how it goes. And what is it that you like about running these longer distances? Well, I, you know what? I really like just to be alone. I have too much time to think about too many things. And, of course, I like to push myself. I like that feeling. And I like to achieve that that goals that I have. That, that's why I basically like to run long distance. So let's talk about this race that you did. Uh, not, not quite 200 miles, like the one you're training for now, but still a, an ultra marathon. And you ended up finishing the race with your son. So first of all, how did you get your son into running? Okay, so of course, my son, my son is uh, 12 years old now. But since I started running, he always checking on me, like what I'm doing when I'm training and all that. So, uh, three, four, I don't know, like six months before the Calgary Marathon, I talked to him and I said, hey, did you, would you like to run the 5K? And he said, yeah. So, I talked to him and I said, you want to do it just like fun running and just finish the 5k or you want to really do it he said no i really want to do it so we start with this thing like i start to train him like uh three days a week and seems to me like he like it and every time he challenged me like i can be faster than you i can run faster than you um yeah that's what that's the way uh, I got I got him into running. So he was going to do the five k race at the Calgary Marathon, and you were going to do yeah. you were going to do the fifty five k. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And you ended up so, you ended up actually running the uh, a portion of the race together. Tell me how that happened. Okay, so we talk about it. Like I say, I talk to him, and I say, I'm going to start at seven o'clock. Uh, at the morning, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to pace myself. So wh- once you start, because the 5K start at noon, so I'm gonna look for you. Just always keep your keep yourself on the right hand. So I'm gonna look for you. So once I before I get to the finish line, I stop. Like I didn't care about my time, and I just wait for him. And I saw him. He was wearing uh, uh, our Mexican flag, and I give him my one cap that I have for the 150k that I ran before. So I saw him. I said, "Okay, let's do it." But it's like that time, and it's like I can 
like I was so excited to see him just right beside me. Like I was super excited to to see him there, and he was pushing me. Because I was tired, I was a bit tired, and um, yeah, that was wow, that was amazing. It must have been great. You're at the toughest part of the race, the final 5K of the race for you, and all of a sudden you have your son there. Uh, did that give you the boost of energy you needed to get across the finish line? All the way. All the way. Like, Mark, he was all the time telling me, because I start to feel some cramps in the last two Ks. I mean, like, I told him, hey, I need to walk a little bit because I'm, I'm about to have a cramps. And he said, Yes, you can walk, but we need to finish, and we need to go, and we need to go. And he hold my hand, and he start to push me, to push me, to push me all the way up to we get the finish line. So yeah, was a plus. Like was a was really great. So tell me what happened at the finish line. Well, on the finish line, I remember like I took my phone like maybe 100 meters before the finish line. And I started to record him. And then uh, once we got there, like, I just hugged him and he, like, he keep on telling me, like, that we did it. We, we did it really well. I'm so happy. I'm so glad. I'm so proud of you. I mean, like, I want to say something to him, but honestly, I can't. Like, I was just crying, and my heart is, like, feeling so excited about to see him running beside me, because, of course, running has been my passion for almost five years, right? And all I want that moment is enjoy my son and see how he can achieve something together with me, and especially running. So... He just keep on holding me, and basically, he's the one taking care of me that time. That moment, that when I hold him, he just, I want to say something, but honestly, I can't. Like, I just keep crying. Yeah, I understand. What a, what a special moment. You're never going to forget that, are you? No, never. Never, never. Like, uh, after we finished, uh, he took me um, to take some water. And his eyes just were sparkling, and he keeps on looking at me like, I, I felt like he's just saying, like, you're my hero. And then before, before we get out of that area, the finish line area, he said, I'm so proud of you. And by the time I, I can talk, so I say, Hey, I'm so proud of you, and I feel so happy. Um, yeah, we just holding each other like like a crazy. What a wonderful story, Jose! Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Congratulations to you and your son, and good luck as you continue to take on these amazing ultra marathons. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for your time and to be so kind with me and thank you for letting me share a little bit of this story. I really appreciate it and I wish you all the best and Happy New Year. That's Jose Rios coming up next, a writer who says running is part of her identity. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world. 
solo, or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Vanessa DeHoog is an elementary school teacher in Ottawa who is training for the Boston Marathon in April. It will be her second. She says running has helped her recover from an abusive childhood. She now has started a track club for children in Ottawa called the Canada Mavericks. Vanessa, welcome to iRun Radio. Thank you very much for having me. And you wrote that running is a huge part of your identity. Tell me how that happened. How did it, it come to be such a big part of your life? Growing up, I was introduced to running by my dad, actually, um, and had a very negative relationship with the sport because I was kind of forced into it. Um, And over time, I actually had to take a break from it and then was reintroduced to the sport by a fantastic coach in high school who had run several Boston marathons and inspired me to get back into the sport. And I set a goal for myself uh, to run a Boston marathon someday uh, in his honor, essentially. And then he helped me uh, throughout high school to become a runner again and get to Queens and participate at the varsity level. Um, And I guess just over time, Uh, having all those runs where you can just reconcile problems that you're going through um, with your own thoughts and just the rhythm of your feet hitting the pavement has really shaped who I am and want to give back to the community as a coach now. So running has been therapeutic for you, is that fair to say? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and tell tell me more about that. I guess you, I understand you had, you had a tough childhood, obviously. Yeah, so I think that um, what I love about running, and I mentioned this in some of the writing that I've done, um, is compared to other sports, um, there's no equipment. It's really just you being out there and propelling yourself forward with each step that you're taking. So I've found um, that through running, um, when I can just be alone with my thoughts and feel strong because it's my own body propelling me forward. Um, it's allowed me um, to connect with myself and heal through uh, different experiences that I've had growing up and continue to, you know, deal with on a regular basis. Life's stressful. Um, but I just think that because it's just you out there, um, you finish a run and it's not, you know, a pair of skates. It's not uh, a ball or a stick. It's just your body that has allowed you to accomplish something. Um, and I've found that to be very powerful in terms of, um, you know, healing and therapy and uh, finding internal strength to uh, move forward through some of the difficulties that I've faced in life. And you've also you found some solace in writing about it as well, in writing about running and about the experiences that you've been through, right? Absolutely, yes. Growing up, actually, I used to keep a journal, um, and I didn't realize um, until now I've kept all these diaries from my childhood. Um, just, I think, how much <laughs> writing and running um, was a huge part of what it was uh well, it was a huge part of my childhood. 
and I haven't written in a very long time or kept a journal. Um, and I have um, a wonderful colleague who's encouraged me to take up writing again and to do so in relationship with training for this Boston. Um, so when I ran my first Boston in 2018, it was kind of in honor of my high school coach and to uh, run for him because uh, he had encouraged me to get back into the sport. And I think that running this Boston in 2020, I'm using it as an opportunity to write and train. Um, and I think just heal some uh, wounds that I think uh, need a little bit more work. So with each run that I'm doing along uh, this journey of training, I'm trying to log um, the ones that have had, you know, a little bit more of a therapeutic impact on me. Um, and so while 2018, uh, the Boston, I think, was about proving something, I think uh, running Boston 2020 is about healing something. Okay, wow, that's very well said. Now, uh, I was at the 2018 Boston Marathon. That was a crazy day, uh, ridiculous oh weather. <laughs> so yes, that was your was. yeah, that was your first Boston experience. I hope this year the weather's a little more cooperative. Uh, just tell me about the experience of running Boston the first time under those conditions, but fulfilling that dream that you had since you were younger when when you uh, met this coach who had run Boston. Yeah, so I remember, oh my gosh, so we're out at the field outside the school um, and just having garbage bags all over my body and strapping them, trying to keep myself dry and having layers of clothes that friends who had previously run Boston knew that you could uh, layer up and then kind of strip down on your way to the start line. So I think everybody there, like the wind was howling, we're in mud fields. Um, we were just essentially a couple of my friends and I trying to stay warm. Uh, then I think the nerves kind of kick in when you're walking down uh, towards the start line and you realize this is real. This is actually happening. Um, and I'm peeling off the garbage bags and all of the extra layers of clothes I didn't want to race in. And um, as they kind of do the countdown and you're heading through the start line, um, I did tear up um, and cry a little bit because it was just such a impactful moment for me and represented so many different things um, manifesting into this one, you know, step across the starting line. And um, you kind of head on a downhill at the beginning of the course. And I don't know that my stomach was ready for that. So Boston 2018 is the only race I've ever had to make a pit stop during. <laughs> and um, the conditions with the cold and the wind, um, I just wasn't ready for it. And um, so I was actually freezing, completely freezing that uh, entire time. And because my stomach had been upset at the beginning, um, all of the gels and everything that I had planned to take, I actually didn't take uh, during the race because I was scared that it would continue to aggravate me so I ran the entire marathon <laughs> without taking in any fuel um, and while freezing but um, when I was in the final mile um, I knew that my family was going to be uh, on the final turn uh, near the finish line and I just told myself because at this point I'm essentially completely uh, depleted of everything. Um, and I just told myself to get to my family, to get to my family and my best friend who had come up. And uh, hitting that corner, um, I was in tears 
complete tears because I was in so much pain. I was freezing and you're making that final turn uh, to the finish line. And I heard, um, sorry, I'm going to get emotional talking about this. Um, my best friend calling my name and I just crossed the street and uh, ran over to them and uh, they all pulled me into a hug and, you know, her flight had been canceled, my best friend, and she even like had driven 24 hours just to see me cross the finish line. And so they wrapped me in a a huge hug and um, then I could like sprint the last 400 meters because, you know, that was all the fuel I guess I really needed. Um, didn't need a gel, just needed a hug <laughs> from someone who loves me. So um, then I had to go to the medic tent because I was like hypothermic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this year, hopefully the weather's better. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a story. Uh, what a what a, what a memory as well from uh, your experience in Boston. So the other thing that I think I want to emphasize about what you're doing is that you've started a track club for kids. Uh, you're an elementary school teacher, and you've you've uh, uh, you're obviously involved in the lives of young people that way. But uh, you've combined your your love of kids and your love of running. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So my colleague and I um, had been chatting over lunch in the staff room about sport and accessibility to sport, essentially. And he had been um, involved in track clubs growing up. And I, because of financial uh, situations, wasn't ever able to be put into sports um, in that capacity. So I was thinking about how I would like to leave a legacy in the city of Ottawa um, to allow sports to become accessible to kids in a way that kind of made sense to me. So we came up with the idea to uh, found uh, to create the Canada Mavericks, which is essentially a track club for kids in the West End right now, um, and it's free. And right now we can't train during the winter because we do it at a soccer field out in Canada. Um, and it's essentially the opportunity for kids in grades three to six right now. Uh, they were coming out uh, two evenings a week. And we were having them run track workouts just like you would at a track club. We would do warm-ups, uh, a workout, and a cool-down. And we finished every uh, workout at the end. Um, actually, my colleague would read them excerpts from different running literature. So we would sit and we gave all the kids chocolate milk and bagels on occasion. And we would just read to them powerful um, excerpts from books that had you know, shaped uh, our relationship with running and the kids would enjoy their chocolate milk, listen to some uh, good reading and then head on their way. Um, we also encouraged them, but it wasn't mandatory um, to participate in races if they wanted to. But our focus was more so about building community um, with each other. Um, and if they wanted to race, Run Ottawa had a whole series of free 5K races that the athletes could participate in if they wanted to. So it really was um, exciting to get that initiative up and running this summer. And we're going to be opening up uh, registration and stuff again in the spring. Wow. It's just that we don't have the facilities in sure. the winter right now to train with the kids, but it'll be back up again in the spring for sure. Well, that sounds amazing. Well, congratulations on all you've done, Vanessa, and best of luck as you continue to train for your second Boston Marathon. Again, fingers crossed that the weather will be a little bit better this year, but I hope you have just as memorable an experience, maybe for different reasons this time. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. 
Thank you very much. That's Vanessa DeHoog, an elementary school teacher, runner, and writer in Ottawa. Once again, Happy New Year. Hope you accomplish all your goals this year. I hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio and every week throughout the year. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.